You're listening to Gizmonic Institute's radio. In the not-too-distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MST3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched into the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odds says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Cosmonic Institute's radio. I'm just saying that antimatter is the opposite of matter, and should the two ever meet, they destroy one another in a flurry of energy. And I'm agreeing with you, but I'm wondering why there isn't an even amount of matter and antimatter, since matter can neither be created nor destroyed. Yes, I know this. My increasing agitation comes to the fact that you are insisting that the split between matter and antimatter is 5248, when all the scientific literature says it's more like 9010. You're Space is more like 9010! Alright, you know what? We are officially not space buds anymore. I'm so sick of your know-it-all attitude. Well, good then! I don't even care. Once we deliver these bolts to the bolt containment room, we are through as pals. You hear me? No more. Separate sides of the station, a line drawn down the middle, and never the two shall meet. Oh, and the toothbrush comes with me! Great. We'll just take the station elevator to the containment level, drop off these stupid bolts, and begin what is likely to be a long and terrible conflict. Wonderful! Now, please push the button. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Uh, I, I totally forgot. Is it C or C with the star? I can never remember. No, it's just C for containment. The star denotes the level requires a special maintenance key. Of course! A maintenance key! Ah, oh, God, it seems so obvious. Destination, containment level. Please prepare for imminent arrival. Ugh! This space elevator is taking too long. I swear, three seconds of travel is about three seconds too long with your stupid... Please accept our humblest apologies. The elevator has malfunctioned. Skilled technicians are on their way to repair the problem as fast as possible. If you are hauling hazardous or otherwise dangerous cargo to the containment level, please declare so now. Oh, great. This is just great. Stuck in an elevator with one of the top five worst people in the world, living or dead. Oh, yeah! How can... How can you even quantify that? It seems like a pretty subjective call to me. Well, the list is basically Hitler on top, then you, and then the other three are harder to determine. I guess probably Satan is on there. Satan isn't even a person! Oh, don't you start with this pseudo-intellectual religious talk with me. I'm gonna fix you with your thing with the... Put your foot... Guys, can you hear me? Nobody, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Uh, I'm talking to you on the ship's internal emergency broadcast station. What's going on down there? Well, for one, he's a jerk. Yeah, and he's also a jerk. No, you idiots. I meant what's going on in the elevator. Oh, it just stopped working. That's my bad. Sorry. I was just sort of chugging along and doing some math problems in my head. It's kind of how I pass the time. What with the monotony of being an elevator and all. I usually do about two to three trillion problems per trip. And today I was trying to beat my personal record. Well, I guess my mind was elsewhere, 
because before I knew it, I was trying to divide by zero. Oh, computers mm, yeah. can't do that. Yes, hard. you know how that goes. Heh. Well, anyway, it sent me into a complete memory dump, and now I need to reboot all my internal systems. So, how long until you can get us off this thing? Uh, this thing happens to be me, okay? Try to show a little respect. Okay, then how long until we can escape from your... belly? Ah, belly. I like that. It's like I ate you two or something. It would be even more amusing if I had any concept of needing to consume and digest food for nourishment, instead of simply existing as billions and billions of tiny bursts of electricity. Ha, 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 belly. Uh, from the readouts I'm getting up here in the master control system, it looks like it's going to be a while. The computer that controls the elevator system is riddled with adware and useless software. There are 17 instances of Bing Bar that are assigned to start up with the interface. It's going to take quite some time. That's probably the worst thing I could have heard today. Not for the fact that the actual worst thing that happened today was I got stuck in an elevator with the one person I hate the most. Hey, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, mister. This isn't exactly how I plan to spend my afternoon. Stuck in the belly of an elevator with your big dumb jerk face. Put your face your face. Your face. Look, you're gonna be stuck in there for a while. You might as well make the most of it. Oh, and how do you suppose we should do that? Think of all the good times, you know? The only good time I can think of will be in the near future, when we're out of this elevator and I'm resting comfortably on the pile of unused mop heads in the custodial wing. Oh, so you're taking the side with the mop head bed? Fine, I don't even care since my side has the galley and the food and the water reclamation machine. Joke's on you, chummy! The bathrooms are on my side, so as long as I don't use them, there won't be any water for the reclamation machine to use, and you'll just wither up like a raisin in the sun. A grape in the sun, you mean? No, a raisin in the sun. It's a reference to a Broadway show of the same name, based upon a poem by Maya Angelou. It's a poem by Langston Hughes, you buffoon! Maya Angelou, punch, 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 case bird sings! Get up, I'll show you! You two are insufferable. Don't you remember the good times? When you both work together to defeat the roving pack of space octopi? Jeff, we need to work together to defeat these space octopi, or our gooses are cooked! I agree, good friend. Working together is the only way. Let's do it. Let's work together. Alright, pal. Together. together! See? You guys beat back that horde by working as a team. Yeah, but that was just the one time, Nolba. Every other time, selfishness is won over. Don't you remember when we celebrated Space Christmas and I bought Seth that assortment of combs to manage his flowing locks of luxurious hair, only to find out that he cut off his hair and sold I it? I needed to buy a chain for my grandfather's pocket watch. You jerk! That's something we both use. Yeah, I guess you're sort of right. I mean, your hair did eventually grow back. Hey, guys. Mind if I have a go? No, no, please. By all means. I'll admit, I don't have a lot to say around here, being an elevator, but I do notice a lot of things. And I have to say that one thing I've always been impressed by is how well you two pulled together to do those MST3K audio logs. I mean, faced with overwhelming adversity time after time, you guys managed to fill those logs with all sorts of great knowledge and off-the-cuff style humor that really appeals to my demographic. The elevator demographic? Yes. Pretty lucrative one around these parts. 
maybe you're right, Elevator. Well, maybe we do make some pretty good audio logs. But that's partially out of a need not to be killed. Mm, yeah, that need is really strong with humans. So I've heard. Hey, since we have a few minutes, why don't you guys go ahead and do an audio log right now? Or, if you like, I have a vinyl copy of Love in an Elevator by Aerosmith. I guess we could do an audio log or whatever. <sighs> whatever, I mean... We do have some time, and I really hate that song a lot. So do you think you can, we can maybe put aside our differences just for a little bit, do this audio log? I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Do well, I don't want to die. Think, well, I don't. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will I want to be mad at you because. Oh, I'm, I'm still dumb mad. Head. I'm very mad. Stupid face. Yeah, your face is also very dumb. Mm-hmm. Not as dumb, dumb as I thought earlier, but still kind of dumb. Yeah, but uh, I also want to die, or want not to die. Maybe that was a Freudian slip. Maybe we've been up <laughs> here in space too long. Maybe. I want not to die more than I want to uh, not do an audio log with you. Yeah. So based on the double negative I just said, we should do an audio log. Okay. Fine. All right. Well, let's talk about Rocket Attack USA. Okay. Um, All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. We start out with the pre-commercial segment, as always. Uh, Joel is giving Tom Servo a haircut. Yeah. Um, he pretends to be a European hairstylist. Uh, he, but he mispronounces the word accoutrement. Oh, well, he, that's He says accoutrement. Yeah, I can see that because I didn't know that it was actually um, pronounced as accoutrement. Oh, well, that's... I'm sorry if that made you feel stupid. <laughs> No, when I, I when I pointed that out in the theater, and I I actually stood up and pointed and laughed at Joel for mispronouncing that word. Yeah, no, I I don't know. It's huh. I guess that's my fort. Okay, I got that. That was good. Thank you. There's another m- mispronunciation. Uh, or were you actually talking about a literal fort? No, I, I I don't really want to get into it, but it's actually properly pronounced fort, but everyone just says forte. Okay. I thought it was it was funny because uh, when Joel is giving Tom Server a haircut, he's essentially just cut like shapes his head into like a, a tube, like a like one of those things you would put your money in at the bank and then press the button and it would suck the tube up. A pneumatic yes. canister. Yeah. Like how we used to get mail. Yes, yeah, before we detached from Earth to right. drift through space. Yeah, uh, and we both commented of how uh, he looked like one of the dudes from House Party. Yeah, and then uh, Joel made the comment about looking like one of the dudes from house party yeah so, it was like a weird psychic moment it was oh man yeah. we were so in tune at that moment with joel's mind and to be fair tom servo's head did look like one of the dudes from house party it did yeah so uh after the commercial uh the first commercial is the first segment um so uh it's the invention exchange yeah it always is and then uh yeah. joel says that they were going to present the mexican jumping beanbag chair yep but uh, Gypsy ate it, unfortunately. But man, uh, that just sounds so incredible. Yeah, it well, it was it makes its own nacho cheese, which I can't imagine a piece of furniture that makes its own. Yeah, that is kind of disgusting. Yeah, um, but I bet it would be really convenient if you also had, you know, like a chair that made mm, tortilla chips. I guess unless you were, you know, like you would sit in sitting on the nacho cheese and then like. Like, I don't know, it just sounds gross. Yeah. You get lint in it, you get hair in it. That is kind of disgusting. Yeah. So, okay, maybe it was good. That's why instead they they made a a candy button adding machine 
Yeah. Which, yeah, which you know makes your taxes fun. That way you could eat your losses. Yeah, it was a it was a puntastic uh, oh my God. invention exchange. Yeah, it was. Uh, Crow goes, my favorite flavor is in the red. It turns a bean counting machine into a jelly bean counting machine, which oh. isn't entirely accurate because those aren't those aren't jelly beans. They're just no. flavored um, blobs of sugar. On it was a piece it was a candy paper. accountant pun joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll allow it. So the Mads, uh, their invention exchange, I thought was really silly and funny. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot actually. Yeah, um, they turned a foosball table. They said they they cocked the sides of it and they filled it with water. And they turned it into a water polo table. Yeah. Um, they're while they're presenting it, they're wearing scuba tanks and like flippers and wetsuits. Yeah, I didn't understand and that so much, but I I enjoy how it's obvious at this point they're still doing like one take for these segments because <laughs> yeah. immediately they they have to use a ping pong ball with this because it floats right. Uh, and immediately the first play of the game they start spinning little guys on the foosball table and it knocks the ball clean <laughs> off the table and then Frank yep. has to go chase it. Yep, but they're still like narrating what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we don't need to do that again. Sure, why not? Yeah. Camera's still rolling. Yeah, no one yelled cut. We're fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they try and make it evil by saying, like, you know, they, they can combine, like, boating accidents and shark attacks with foosball, but none of those things were there. It was no. It just a wet foosball. It, it wasn't really that evil. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just have to say it. I'm, I'm putting it all out on the line. Yep. So. One take. So uh, they watch a movie for a while, and then they come back with another segment. Um, this is probably one of my favorite segments that they've, they've done. So yes, I was laughing throughout. Oh my god, uh, it was so good. So Joel and the bot or the bots asked Joel. They, they say, "Hey, uh, you know, there's not a lot of fighting in this movie for a war movie." And mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, it's a Cold War movie." Then he explains what the Cold War was. They go to the McCarthy <laughs> era, but it's the uh, Charlie McCarthy era, right? Not creepy- Joe McCarthy, the uh, the senator. Yes, no, the creepy ventriloquist puppet. Oh Charlie well, that McCarthy. goes without saying. I mean, let's let's be honest. All ventriloquist dummies are creepy. Yes. By their nature. But, because they are possessed of little demon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Especially Charlie McCarthy, who apparently, uh, as they put it, uh, saw the color of Howdy Doody's head and saw red <laughs> and then started accusing all other cartoon and puppet characters from that time period of being communist. You know, this was an eye-opening segment for me. I had no idea how popular puppetry and ventriloquism was in the 1950s. Yeah. It was uh, it was popular, I guess. Well, I mean, I guess it was cheaper than doing a cartoon. Just having a guy put his hand in a essentially a stuffed animal and making the mouth move for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't have the uh, the the cheap Korean animation studios that they have today. No, because Korea was embroiled in a bitter, bitter civil war at the time. Yep. So, thank God that's over. Yeah. Whew. I mean, I haven't watched much Earth news lately, but I'm pretty pretty sure that it's, that whole thing's just wrapped up. I'm pretty sure there's nothing going on. There's just one big Korea now. Yep. That's what it's actually on the map. If you look, it says Big Korea. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it said North and South. And their flag are just uh, two hands holding. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then two other hands giving a thumbs up. Yep. And then an olive branch laying across all four hands. <laughs> yeah. For peace. Right. That's what I assume is going on in Earth. Um... Yeah, but they accuse Gumby of being communist, and uh, apparently Lamb Chop, the uh, the creepy <laughs> Sherry Lewis puppet mm-hmm. Lamb Chop, uh, was was the one who sold out everybody. Yeah, that doesn't even surprise me in the slightest bit. No, she probably did it while she was singing the song that never ends. Ah, uh, 
Some people started singing it, and they didn't even know what, what it was. But. I know, and then they just kept singing it forever, just because it was the song that never ends. Ah! Uh, I had a lamb chop puppet when I was a kid. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Never accused me of being a communist, though. <laughs> Mine did. Oh, that's sad. I know. Yeah. So, uh, second theater segment, after I watch a little bit more of the movie, um, they start, like, a nuclear survivalist quiz bowl. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of super dark. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Um, yeah. I mean, we we're this was made uh, at the at the tail end of the Cold War. There's still that threat this, uh, that Russia was going to, you know, do something crazy. When did uh, the Berlin Wall come down? 1989. Okay, so this was after that. Yes, but uh, the Soviet Union didn't collapse until, uh, I believe, 91. This was after that then, too. Okay, well, but they were still... Or maybe like, right around the same time. I'm not, yeah. It was even more scary because all of a sudden there was just this big communist country that collapsed and they had all these nuclear um, warheads aimed and at now us. A, a bunch of people had the nuclear warheads. Right, but it turned out okay. I mean, yeah. you know, hey, here we are in space um, yep. on our way to doom, but that's mm-hmm. cool, whatever. Yeah. That's less inevitable than I guess that seemed at the time. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, but they they had uh, you know they had to think of phrases like dark and cover and uh, <laughs> what what was the one he asked of true or false? Uh, which one of these phrases are is not true? And one of the the not true phrases with their survivors are the lucky ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. and, and the prize was a uh, uh, your own um, nuclear fallout shelter vault mm-hmm. with uh, 17 years worth of food. Yum. Which that really put in perspective like surviving a nuclear holocaust like having to stay in a single room for 17 years man. That's a long time. That is. That's that, a long time to be in one place. I don't even know how long we've been on this ship and it's already too long. Like what would you do for 17 years in one place? You wouldn't have Wi-Fi. No. There'd be no Netflix. You would have memorized uh, all the books that you have. Yeah. And, and all the movies, if you had them, if you had electricity sure. to watch movies. Right. And uh, I'm sure the food would have gotten pretty croggy by year 16 or so. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, man. I don't even want to think about it. And then, of course, you pop out and it's no worse. I mean, it's no better than it was before. You're, yeah. Except like, for you have more room. Ironically, like, one of the best video games to have down there would be, like, Fallout 3. Because there's so much to do. Like, you could spend so much time doing sure. stuff there. Hundreds of hours of play, but, ugh. It would yeah, but be... You'd just be like, well, I guess it'd be more of, like, a training simulator That's true. at that point. You know what? Minecraft. <gasps> yep. That's the you'd only have infinite the game. the funnest Minecraft um, world. You'd just build castles everywhere. Mm-hmm. You'd be alone, though. You could so literally alone. mine the entire infinite world of, uh, yep. of Minecraft. You'd be so alone, though. Oh, God, so lonely. And then if if inevitably your hard drive stopped working oh. after, like, five years and you lost that world, too. Oh, Oh, this man. is just depressing me. Man. I don't like to talk about this. Hey, let's talk about the third theater segment. Okay. Uh, which is it was follows the, uh, the normal uh, turn of events, which is a great thing. I'm not saying that's bad. But it's a segment. It's the third segment. Mike Nelson shows up as somebody on yep. the view screen, and this time he shows up as a Soviet cosmonaut. Yes, in a passing spacecraft, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. He has, he has those two <laughs> terrible-looking uh, communist-era uh, robot sidekick 
rocks that yeah. are just broken, neither, broken neither down. Of them work. Right, and so Joel just you know says, "Hey, why don't we connect our access ports so he can help repair the the Soviet robots?" But yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, they have an AC port, and the Russian craft has a, a DC port, which unfortunately, yeah, incompatible. Ouch! Yep. Sorry. Is that a, is that a Nikola Tesla joke? I guess so. Yeah, alternating current versus direct current, but um, yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't you can't cross those. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm no electrician, but that sounds right. That band tried to that one time. Yeah, they did. Yep. And but they the had guy, great. That great guy success. got uh, permanently welded to his uh, British schoolboy uniform. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, so, final segment of the show. Um, Joel and the bots are really upset about how bad this movie was. Like it just it just cuts to them and they're yelling at the mads. <laughs> Like, oh, I want you to, uh, this movie was the worst. And uh, they try and read a letter to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, someone sent them a picture of a rabbit that was supposed to look like Isaac Asimov. Yes. And I, that's, uh, I mean, they made plenty of Isaac Asimov jokes last season, but. It was, uh, it was this, definitely the sideburns. Okay. But they didn't yeah. really, they didn't really go into much detail when they were talking about it, so. Yeah, that one kind of went over my head. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Some sometimes that happens. It does. So. Um, yeah, and then uh, the Mads are happy that Joel and the bots are so upset, and then they go they agree to uh, go see a movie together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then <laughs> surprisingly, after the credits, for the first time ever, there is a stinger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's the weird. Uh, it's the well, weird blind guy from the uh, nuclear holocaust part of the movie when the bombs are falling. He's just walking around the street. He's like, help me. <laughs> it's pretty good. It the, is. The, the stinger was born. It's exciting. Rocket ship, or not rocket ship, uh, Rocket Attack USA. Rocket Attack USA, which sounds like uh, like a really fun song from like the early 60s. Like, you know, Frankie uh, and Annette. It sounds like something that the Sex Pistols would have written. That's... Like, yeah. In the 1980s, like height of the Cold War. Yeah. Okay. It's rocket attack USA. It's rocket attack USA. Da 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 da. The bombs are falling today. It's rocket attack USA. That's that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the goings on in the theater. Okay. First movie, we're treated to a short of the Phantom Creeps uh, Part Two of the serial. Yes. Uh, blah. And lots of that, which is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate that. Not yep. a lot to it, say about that movie. But. No, I mean it's it was the same last time. There's spiders and discs and the, it, discs the giant make robot the guy, fan yeah. creep himself. Yeah, the giant like fetal alcohol robot <laughs> that is kind of stumbling around. It's pretty yep. cool. Blah. And then uh, the movie they watched was Rocket Attack USA. Yeah, uh, it was released in 1958 in black and white. Of course. Um, it had uh, a working title called Five Minutes to Zero, which I, you know. It's I don't whatever. get that one so much, but okay. Sure. sure. Well, that's why I guess why it wasn't the permanent title. Mm. Hey, Seth, you want, to, uh, you want to give the tagline to this movie? Yeah, okay. Okay, ready? Yes. From another continent, destruction, panic, before the rocket strikes. So are we supposed to panic before the rocket strikes? I guess so, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Is the destruction coming from another continent, or is the panic coming from another continent? Uh, is it, or is it destruction panic? 
Like, people are panicking at the disco about the destruction. I'm confused about I am so happening. confused. That's a terrible yeah. tagline. I don't like it. So this movie is so obscure that it doesn't even have an Autopedia article. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. I mean, it's... So it was essentially created as a Cold War propaganda film. Yeah. Uh, this was shortly after the launch of Sputnik. And uh, according to the movie, Sputnik uh, was in orbit um, collecting atmospheric and trajectory data so that uh, the Russians could perfect their intercontinental ballistic missile technology. <laughs> And uh, yeah. the the big plot point of the movie was uh, the Secretary of Defense was on the phone with uh, someone being like, well, if you hadn't have cut our funding for any list like a bunch of things, um, he's like, then we would have missiles too and we wouldn't be under this attack. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. So, so was, the message is that uh, we should just give money to um, everyone. Who, the military. The military, yeah. especially. Yeah, we. It was uh, in support of the military-industrial complex rather than... Um, detracting from yeah because apparently 1958 i guess is enough time for everyone to forget about world war ii sure yeah why not right, what when did uh when did soviet russia uh successfully detonate their first atomic bomb why that would have been in 19 such sickety soko i don't actually know but it was okay. shortly after um world war ii ended okay. and that's when things got really real because for a while the usa was the one with the rocket attacks yeah we were rocket in terms attacking. of bombs <laughs> sure yeah yeah and yeah. uh we we stole all the german scientists which mm-hmm. was you know good for us yeah we but, held the power for a short period of time yeah yeah it was the ball was in our court and then uh russia or this rather the soviet union was like hey wait a minute we have east germany let's take those scientists and so yeah, they started making rockets too, yeah. and then it just uh, kind of got out of hand there for a little while. Yeah, it's a good thing that the uh, you know Germans didn't take their own scientists. Well, they had the rockets; they didn't have the atomic uh, warheads. That was already permanent. Right. Yeah. So what we did was we took the Germans with their rocket knowledge, and the Americans with their nuclear warhead knowledge, and kind of like I don't know, like a Reese's peanut butter of Armageddon, just smashed them together. And, you know, made uh, missiles that were tipped with uh, fiery death from above. Yep. Yep. For for literally millions of people. So, hey, good. good. That was a good time we had there. Hey, and they still exist. So They're, they're still yeah. there. Mm-hmm. All over this great. All or, just, I guess, we're, we don't have to worry about them. Anymore. Oh, that's true. Hey, we're yeah. probably in one of the best places that you could actually be. Mm-hmm. So, that's well, good. Well, in terms of not being in danger of nuclear detonation. Right, yeah. Other than that, it's pretty terrible. Yep. Hey, so uh, I think it's my turn to give 20-second recap. It is. Alright, so grab your grandfather's stopwatch. I have it right here. Hold on one second, because it's not wound as usual. Not maybe you should uh, look into doing that. Maybe I'm just saying be kind, rewind the watch when you're done. Well, I gotta time a bunch of stuff. I, but, you know, but it just Okay, all right. Just how fast what? am I going to know how I, or how else am I going to know how fast I can eat a pudding pudding cup? I hope you could start. You could get one one thousand, two one thousand. Yeah, while I'm eating it, that's not. That's, oh, that's not effective in your head. Then I don't. Know. I, but that's not accurate either. All right. Well, there's got there's bound to be a metronome around this. Yeah. This well, space station. I am looking at setting records here, and I okay. need I need accurate timepieces. Okay. 
Well, and it's if they wound. Don't get rewound. That's just a casualty of the Pudding Cup record okay. race. Well, we'll talk more about the Pudding Cup record. Oh wait, we're not going to be talking much after this. So okay, that's fine. If you're ready, I am ready, and uh, here we go. So a guy and a lady have to meet up in Russia because they're spies and they're spying on people and then they both get shot uh, while they're finding information. They have to disable some rockets and then they don't disable rockets and it shows some pristine America and then all those people die. Wow. That was pretty good. Yeah. Just shy of 16 seconds. 15.8. Okay. Yeah. See, that's the type of timekeeping I need for my pudding cup races. Uh, Okay. Yeah. You understand now. Well, it's very hard for me to convert that analog <laughs> into such a, a decimal place. But I do it. Don't worry about it. Hey, you want to do a new segment? A new segment? Yeah. So uh, we noticed there were a couple riffs in this movie that kind of fall into the category of blue riffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the terminology blue, uh, describing the style of comedy, a little bit more... Uh, Risque, a little adult. racy, yeah, stuff that I definitely didn't get as a kid. No, yeah, think yeah. Of like uh, Red Fox or uh, you know Don Rickles. They, they they would play a little blue sometimes. Yeah, yeah, or Bob Saget. Bob Saget is really one of the filthiest minds. <laughs> yeah, but he also did that other show, right, with sure. his kids. But once yeah. you know that he's so filthy, it, you, you go back and watch that show, and it's totally different. So we, uh, we, and we'll do this every movie where there are some definite blue riffs that stand out. There were there were a couple, uh, both mm-hmm. in the short and in the movie, but we picked out two. I'll read the first one, you read the second one. Sure. Uh, the first one, um, if it wasn't in this blue riff segment, it would probably be my favorite riff of the movie. Uh, this <laughs> is from the Phantom Creeps. Um, uh, they're inspecting the area outside Bela Lugosi's uh, mad scientist mansion, and uh, they're talking about how they seen it, they had seen an intruder, but they chased it away. And uh, when the character says, well, it's all right, Captain, as long as you didn't get inside. And Tom Sergio goes, I got to third if that counts for anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, that collectively, was a... you and I both went, whoa. Yeah, it, was, uh, for, it took me a second because I just didn't expect it. And then that just made it all the more hilarious. Yeah. Did he just, did he, he just said, and then, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. Yep. So the, the second blue riff. Uh, which we were on the alert now, so we were looking. It was mm-hmm. during, of course, Rocket Attack USA. And, uh, they say, on the surface, Lanson was calm. And <laughs> Joel says, but underneath, it was just like a bus ride in 10th grade, if you know what I mean. <laughs> which we all do. Um, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. 50% of the population doesn't quite know, but yeah. the other 50 does. Actually, it's yeah. more like uh, 52, 48, but that's okay. Sure. Yeah. People of our gender know what that means. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're not, if you don't share our gender, ask someone who does. <laughs> They'll tell you. What that Somebody means. around. Yeah, but that was another one. We're like, whoa! And that was Joel. <laughs> and that that was even more shocking. Yes. Like Kevin Murphy, I expect that sort of thing. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, but with Joel, he's just like, oh, <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, time for our favorite riffs. All right. Last week we had two separate ones. Uh, you go first. We'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, mine's from the Phantom Creeps. Uh, they've done this thing both times they've watched the Phantom Creep short where uh, they say little, like, tidbits of things as they do the character introductions. And uh, they're talking about, like, like plastic surgery and, like, weird mad scientist surgeries and stuff and, like, skulls. And they show when the female leads in the, in the Phantom Creeps. And Joel, in his best Bela Lugosi impression, uh, says... Uh, 
Oh, look at their skull. Nothing that $100 uh, and a little bit of work wouldn't fix. <laughs> and I just thought that was really weird and hilarious. <laughs> and Joel is good at weird and hilarious. Yeah. A lot of the things that he says, you should expect because he's Joel and he says them, but you, mm-hmm. he, he catches you unawares every time. Yep. Like when they said, uh, or there's something kind of queer about this place. And he said, hey, hey, guys, it's the birthplace of Oscar Wilde, okay? Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Really too. good. Like you have to uh, kind of know a lot of things to get that joke. Yes, yeah, it was a smart joke. Yeah, it, it was, was a smart, smart joke. joke. Smart, smart riff. Yep. Smart hey, both riff. from the Phantom Creeps. Yeah. So. Yep. Early yeah, on, unlike unlike Commander Cody, Commando Cody, rather. Oh God. Yeah. Um. I I'm not sick of Phantom Creeps yet. Nope. Not yet. Nope. Yeah. Bella Lugosi's weird. I'm pretty sure he was drunk for most of this episode. Right. This was near the end of his life. So. Yep. So he was drunk a lot. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's not not as bad yet. I'm sure that will change. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's rate this movie. Okay, and rate the episode. Sure. This was a really boring and uh, pointless movie that was just trying to drum up support for uh, you know basically an industry that didn't need any support. It wasn't really hard to sell people on uh, military defense when they were constantly being bombarded. By the uh, threat of global annihilation. So, yeah, dumb movie. I'll give it two out of ten. Okay. What about the episode? Episode? Oh, great episode. Riffs were fast. They were. They they felt a little different. They felt a little deeper. Like they're maybe exploring, you know, doing riffs, specialty riffs. I guess you could say. Yeah. Oh, they. Uh, there there were a couple times. I was going to bring this up. Um. They riffed uh, knowing that the commercial break was coming up. Right, yes, they did that. So it was yeah, very like, self-aware. Oh, I hope he gets to this before the commercial. Yeah. And, like, yeah, commercial would hit. Yeah, yeah so I, I – shoot, I'll give this uh, this episode like – ooh, I, I want to give this an eight. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Not, not a perfect episode. Super funny, super enjoyable. High, high up there. So yep. eight. Eight out of ten. Uh, in terms of this movie, um, I don't think I hate it as much as you. It was kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like, it was kind of like a James Bond movie. It reminded me of the boring parts of Goldeneye. <laughs> like, that's what this movie was. And then, you know, the whole, like, trying to show, like, what humanity is doing. And then, like, what humanity would do if there was a, you know, mm-hmm. actual nuclear holocaust right. that happened. And, it's kind of a bummer. Another bummer of a movie, and it's also very boring. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. Not quite as bad as you. but uh, no, no. And I'm also going to give this episode an 8 out of 10. I think you kind of covered all the important points. Good riffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a terrible movie to riff on because it was just it was just dumb and weird enough to yep. where it wasn't, you know. It, and it, it also wasn't too much of a bummer to where that, you know, the subject matter made it, you know, kind of, a, a you know, not as funny. So. Sure. Yeah, eight yeah. out of ten. I like this episode. Yeah, I did. Too. I think this is, this is probably one of the one of the surprise gems. I think of uh, season two that yeah. I had never seen before. Definitely, I like, oh. no, I, I had not seen it either. Yeah. So uh, hey, Seth, we got some letters. Cool. I love letters. Yeah, um, we got uh, we got a bunch of people writing to us on Facebook. We told everyone we were uh, going to watch Rocket Ship, uh, or not Rocket Ship, but X- <laughs> uh, Rocket Attack US. I did that earlier too. Yeah, you did. Too many Rocket movies this season. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. What are you doing to us? Uh, Rocket Attack USA. And uh, Bart Lammy just says, help me. Which <laughs> <laughs> I saw that before we watched the episode, and I was like, uh-oh, someone better help him. 
Some better help Bart on Facebook, but yeah, no, it was just he was just saying saying the the stinger, mm-hmm. and uh, our friend Adam says I love this episode, especially the lines. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not a puppet, and uh, and then Joel says, "Who pulls your strings?" Yeah, yeah, deep, like yeah. But and it's funny because they are puppets saying they're not puppets. Oh, uh, the first stinger is a classic, and why would the government only send one spy over? Though I try not to think about him being stuck in that closet in, in a reference oh, man. to. Yeah, he yeah. had to go into the closet every time uh, his spy lady friend would uh, have her Entertain. Russian man buddy over. Yep, and that that seems like it was awkward. That's just got to be the awkwardest. Yeah. yeah, you think they would have had some like backup on the, you know the CIA send over some somebody? Yeah, it didn't seem no. very hard to get in there. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, our our friend Steve uh, wrote. He said he's still catching up, uh, but. Uh, he, and this is in reference to one of the sketches from Jungle Goddess. He uh, wondered that the last sketch, My White Goddess, uh, Joel is introducing the actors at the end. Uh, one of the names he uses is Art Crow, and he's wondering if this is why Pearl, uh, you know, the antagonist from later seasons, sometimes uh, calls Crow Art. That's hmm. kind of a – I missed that completely. Yeah, I did too. But is, is Crow's first name Arthur? Uh, no, I thought his name was Crow Art? T. Robot. Well, hmm. But maybe I don't know. I, I don't, don't know either. I don't know. I was I was thinking like crow art art t crow. But no, it doesn't make sense. No, no. Nothing about this. Nothing about this makes sense. <laughs> so. Oh, and he also compliments your radio voice, Seth. Oh, hey, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually have a radio voice. Because if they ever need backup for exposition on Avatar Korra, you've got a job. <laughs> so hooray for me. <laughs> Good job. I don't know what that is, but I have a feeling like I should know what that is. Yeah. You probably should. I feel like it's maybe a cartoon on Nickelodeon that I should be watching, but we're in space. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. We can't we can't be blamed for being unaware of important pop culture things mm-hmm. because we're in space. Sure. Like, we could talk on and on about how hilarious the asteroid that passed us yesterday was. That was a funny one. It kind of looked like us, a butt a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That, to us, is is important pop culture. Mm-hmm. But to other people, that's just, you know, boring. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. No, nobody cares. No. So thanks to everyone who uh, wrote to us on Facebook. If you want to write to us on Facebook or just kind of hang out and join the, uh, join the discussion, um, we are facebook.com slash Gizmonic Institutes Radio. Or uh, you can we we post a link to that in every episode on our blog that we post too. So yeah, we do. That's that's an easy way to find that. Uh, we're also on Twitter at mst3k underscore podcast. We had a bunch of people, uh, you know, retweeting stuff um, this week. We had uh, Mr. B Natural at Inspecta Patio um, <laughs> at Claymation Howl uh, tweeted us an awesome Instagram picture of uh, Roman from Robot Monster. So cool. Just yeah, it was, it was like walking through the woods. It looked like Bigfoot, but he was wearing the Roman helmet, <laughs> so it was pretty great. Yeah, so uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people on Twitter um, at this Dustin. Just everyone, uh, thank you for retweeting our episode last time and just sending us cool stuff. If yep. you have cool MST3K stuff that you find on the internet, yeah, tweet it at us yeah. or uh, put it on our Facebook page because we'll share it. Do it because yeah, we like that stuff just as much as you guys. We need it up here. And if you just want to send us a, an email, letter, long form, uh, it, we are mail at gizmonicinstitutesradio.com. And we, we, we will read your letter entirely. However, we might not read it entirely on the air. Uh-huh. 
But you can write as long as you want. Yeah, keep writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just literally, just don't stop. And if it's something that requires a response, I uh, I know I said on the show I, I will make it my uh, my uh, mission to respond to all letters. But I, I will respond to your letter. Yep. So we've um, really little else to do. Yes, yes, and I've I've worked out the letter forwarding thing, so I actually get the letters now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, instead of them going <laughs> to some weird, eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. And also, we are on iTunes. Yeah, we are. Um. We had a if if iTunes reviews were uh were precipitation, I would describe this last week as a deluge of new reviews. Oh wow. Uh, we had a review from our friend Bart Lammy, who also told us to help him on Facebook. Yes. Um. But, <laughs> So thank you, Bart. Uh, Jessica Hinkle, uh, send us an iTunes review. A lady uh, listener. Nice yeah. Um, Those are the uh, rarest kind. I know, right? Hi, Jessica. Thank you for your Thank awesome you. Uh, Mullet Moccasin Man, um, who's a <laughs> reference to a joke on another podcast, he let, let, gave us a review. And B. Bartaka Moose hmm. also gave us a review on iTunes. So uh-huh. thank all of you guys who gave us reviews. If you didn't give us a review, what's the matter? Yeah. What's going on? You don't what? even have to like us to give us a review. I would prefer that be the case. Me though. too. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we like we like good reviews. Although, sure. Yeah. And if you don't like well, us, why are you listening to us anyway? You jerk. I am. I am. Maybe they really like MST3K and they just don't like us. <laughs> Which, in that case, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm always open for criticism. Absolutely. But, yeah. But please, uh, just give us a review. I think uh, that that's really great and it helps other people find the show. Um, the more reviews we get, the higher we climb on the charts. And Absolutely. Then, uh, so if you like the show, why not? Because yeah. then uh, more people browsing on iTunes. and uh, It only you know. takes a second to go on there and click five stars. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And if you, want to, uh, uh, if you want to go on there and click five stars and write something about it, be like, hey. That's even better. MST3K shows the show about MST3K. Yeah. It's factual. And, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and we are also now listed on uh, not only iTunes but the Zune Marketplace uh, and on Stitcher. Wow! So you can find us in those places as well. I don't even know what are, that uh, that is. It's a uh, a podcasting app. Wow! Stitcher Radio app. It's it's a way of aggregating podcasts, kind of like iTunes. If you don't like iTunes, so sure. Yeah, if. Uh, if, if you want to uh, look us up on there, you can find us there, too. Stitcher and the Zune Marketplace. That is really cool. So, uh, Yeah, but, uh, again, uh, go on iTunes, give us a review. Thank you. Do it. Uh, Bart, Jessica, Mullet Moxie Man, B. Bartaka Moose. Mm-hmm. You guys are all the best. Yeah, so. pretty much. So, Do you think that they're going to get this elevator started? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I almost I almost forgot I was mad at you reading about those reviews. Or, yeah, you know, I... I don't know. I gotta say, maybe you aren't the second worst person in the world after Hitler. You're still a jerk, though, and our arrangement still stands. That audio log marks the last time we work as a team. Agreed. I harbor toward you no ill will. But I will retire to my side of the ship and you to yours, and we shall respectfully never work together again. Except in the case of Audiologue, since the whole getting killed thing. Okay, guys, I've got some good news. The elevator is finished rebooting its elevator routines. It just needs to be reactivated, and you two are free to do what you please. Cool. Alright, guys. The final step in my reboot is a manual restart of the elevator services.dll. 
How do we do that? Well, you see those two keys on opposite walls? Oh, you mean the walls that are too far apart for one person to reach both? Those are the ones. Those keys need to be turned simultaneously, and the process will be complete. But then we'd have to break our respectful vow of solitary future actions. Oh, I hate breaking respectful vows! It's either that or staying there forever. Uh, I don't want to stick in here forever. I don't know. Bat vows are important. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Uh, I can actually reach them both. Uh, hey, hey, look, that did it. Hey, nice work. Here we are. Well, uh, it was nice knowing you. Yep, see you never. Uh, we can do the audio logs remotely through the ship's land. Oh, my God, that sounds good. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to my mop head room now that I've dropped off these bolts. Wait. So that's it. No, they do this a lot. It's part of being in space. Humans are kind of dramatic. It's what they do when they get bored or don't get enough attention. They're probably playing Odd Station up in the game room right now. Hey, according to the surveillance system, they are playing Odd Station. Huh? Humans. Told you. Look at those two. They're really enjoying themselves. I guess you could say that their relationship is... going up? <laughs> Love in an elevator. Going up. And the coming down. <laughs>